Welcome to the BRB Podcast, where we highlight different better-known businesses and nonprofits. All right, everybody, Justin, the BRB Podcast once again, and I've got another amazing veteran on. Well, he's all right, I guess. Uh, we got TJ on with Freedom Fleece and Alpacas. So, TJ, man, good to see your face, brother. How are you doing? Good, man. Same yeah? here. Yeah? How you doing? All yeah. right. I get to see you, man. So I'm golden. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, man, tell us a bit about yourself, man. What branch service was you were you in, and uh, why'd you join? Uh, so I was in the army, uh, 15 years well, 15 years in like 12 days, something like that. Um, I joined while I was still in high school, uh, played some sports in high school, played lacrosse, had some good chances to get some division one lacrosse scholarships, but then I was like, meh, school kind of sucks. If you're in school, stay in school. Don't don't take my advice, but um, <laughs> but my my mom was in the military. My dad did he she did like eight years. My dad did like twenty two or twenty three years. His dad was in the army. Like every generation going back, I don't even know historically how far. My dad does all that stuff, but like somebody has always been in the military. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well. I went to the recruiting table one day and I was like, man, I'm going to sign up. I'm 18. I can do it. Yeah. yeah. So I did it. <laughs> yeah. And off you went, huh? Into the wild I, well, I, a, I did that delayed entry program thing where you yeah. kind of screws up your summer and they make you do all like this crazy stuff during your summer. Um, I don't know if the Air Force has that. Probably not. Yeah. They probably just let you sit at home. Well, they um, what they do is is they screw up your summer by not giving you a remote for the TV. So when you're at home, yeah. no, they do have AC, but it can only go up to like 64 degrees. So it's, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but no, yeah, man, we got that, uh, that program too. So you're one of the ones wearing, wearing your uh, little uniform around at school. No, no, didn't have to wear any uniforms in uh. school. They did it. Like um, you had to go to like the, I did it in Maryland. So my recruiting station was in, um, the MEP station was in Baltimore. Yeah. Um, so where I, I live probably like 25, 30 minutes outside of Baltimore. So we just had to go to like a little satellite office on the weekends, teach you how to do PT, teach you how to march, you know, start going over. Like I found the other day, like my, um, soldier's book, like they give you a basic training and it's like, they give you that and like a Ziploc freezer bag, and you have to take that sucker like every single place with you. Yeah, and I yeah, found yeah. it. I had like so many notes written down on it, <laughs> but like they give you that, you have to learn it, learn like all the, you know, chain of command and all that fancy stuff. And that's every weekend. Then during the summer, you had to go like two days a week. And then I went to basic training in August, which sucked. And what was, year was this? Uh, ninety-eight. Okay. Okay. So basic training, then AIT, and then growing up, I had like 16 addresses by the time I was 18. Because <laughs> just moving around so much, and some of it was just even in the same state. Yeah. But it's just moving. And um, I mean, I love moving. Um, lost my damn train of thought. Oh, so damn TBIs. Yeah. <laughs> um, Oh, so I put down like Hawaii, Germany, yeah. Japan, like everywhere but the yeah. United States. I think the United States I picked like 
Oklahoma, like which in hindsight that would have sucked because that Fort Sill, Oklahoma is horrible. Yeah, dude, I heard it's a beast. So and then so my parents and my grandparents they moved to North Carolina, like right after like the day after I joined, like our house was already sold in high school. They were just wait like everything was gone. We were living out of a suitcase and on air mattresses. Yeah, just waiting for me to go into the military. And like the day after I went in, they just packed up the rest of their clothes and left. And I get freaking stationed in Virginia. I'm like, what the crap? <laughs> so that sucked. But then I found <laughs> out the army had boats. Got to go on boats down to like Panama, Puerto Rico, like Cocoa Beach, Florida. Really? Yeah. It's just. I don't want to. I don't want to hear you say anything about the Air Force again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wore civilian clothes for like the first. Get out! Like, because it's only like twelve people on a boat on these boats, so it's like a LCU. It's like a flat bottom boat, you know, like okay. the ones in uh, Saving Private Ryan. Okay, yeah. Where it's like has the front of it that comes down. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. like that, but bigger. And it's meant to like yeah. load connexes on and vehicles. Yeah. So like we were tasked to start bringing stuff back from Panama because they were closing uh-huh. all down. So we go down there. The boat would break down in like Cocoa Beach, Florida, for some reason. They'd break down in like the Bahamas for some reason. They'd break down in like Puerto Rico for like a couple of months, and then it would break down somewhere else out in the ocean, and you know, a couple more months, and <laughs> it was horrible. Shorts, t-shirts, getting a tan. Oh, dude, that was what's funny. Like, so Air Force wise, obviously we fly planes. But there was when I was stationed over in Italy, because um, the crews would always arrive with C5s. So they get their per diem stuff. Um, in Italy at the time, dude, it was like 100, 100 bucks, 110 bucks a day, something like that. Yeah. So anytime a C5 was coming in, it's guaranteed to freaking break in Aviano. It's also guaranteed to break in Hawaii. Um, so nice. anytime we saw one coming in, we knew it was it was down for a while. But anytime I saw a C5, you damn sure that thing was in and out of there in 30 freaking minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Miraculously yeah. never broke. In, uh... Oh, yeah. Right? It never break mid-flight either. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, yeah, man. It's not, man, freaking... I'm not a big fan of planes. I've been in, I think it was a C-130 mm-hmm. in the Afghanistan that yeah. lost power on takeoff. And yeah. <laughs> that sucker, all the red lights came on. It was saying something about a, what would it say, like wax failure? Yeah. Or something. Lost all yeah. power. Red lights start flashing. You hear brakes locking up, and that sucker just screeched to a halt at the end of the runway. I'm like, well, yeah. They're like, oh, it's broke down. Unload your stuff and walk back. I'm like, well, that's yeah. a really long walk. I'm going <laughs> to sit over here in the dirt. So, oh did all that. Uh, got to do some pretty cool stuff, though. Came back. Got to do uh, security for a general's aide. Uh, well, for the general. I was the general's aide. Or one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, still in freaking Virginia. I got out. So my first contract was like three years in like a couple of months. So I got out and put in the inactive reserves like August, middle of August of 2001. Bam, September 11th. Mm -hmm. They're like, nah, you're coming back. (laughs) I was like, "Uh, no, I'm out. They're like, nah, you're still within 90 days. You're not out yet. Oh, really? Uh, Wow. So I got put in a reserve unit. 
all this talk about deploying, deploying, deploying. They never did. And then I finally came down on orders in 2006, 2005 or 2006, to go to Fort Lewis, Washington. They were standing up a whole new MP company and crap like that to deploy. So at least I knew I was deploying. Yeah. Um, So that's a crappy. I I don't like that state. It just rains. I yeah. It's not. I've never been. It's not like East Coast thunderstorm rain. It's just like misty. Drizzly, like crap. I mean, like like Seattle. It was like all oh, Seattle this and Seattle that. I'm like, I don't. I want to see the sun. I don't, yeah, no. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful. <laughs> you can see like Mount. What is that? Mount Rainier. Yeah, yeah. Like if you're standing like at the hospital on post. That's where, like number one picture to take places because like if you start facing like the flag, Mount Rainier's in the background. Yeah. So on nice days, you could take like a really cool picture. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just crappy. <laughs> <laughs> so right on so you did it to a couple of deployments and all that when did you when did you end up getting out um uh, i got medically retired in 2013 okay so it was like 15 years in a few weeks or something yeah. like that i don't know i don't remember exactly what it was i failed that annual physical doctor came up and i, I had had like three heart attacks by that time shut up are you serious yeah yep God, TJ, how old are you? Know. They're like, oh, it wasn't a heart attack. It wasn't this. And then they did like the blood tests and everything. And they're like, they can tell by enzymes in your blood. Or I'm not a medical person, uh-huh. so I don't remember all of it. But it's like they can tell. So they're like, hey, you, you, those levels are higher. Or whatever the three, you know, you know, what they thought was like just the exhaustion and like passing out while you're working yeah. out. Thing. No, those yeah. are. Heart attacks, your heart smacking against the inside of your chest and just stopping. I'm like, oh, that that's cool. Good thing I picked me up and I kept working out. Oh my god, DJ, <laughs> yeah, it's just oh, a heart attack. You need a spotter, not for the weights, no, for just stand by. And I was, it was like a light day. Me and my buddy um, Gore in Alaska used to just work out. We used to do yeah. like two days, yeah. work out in the morning, go do PT, then work out in the evening when we got off of work. So it was like literally yeah. three times a day working out. But yeah. I was a game warden in Alaska. So most of my day was like hiking around, you know, trying to maneuver heavy ass snow machines or and carrying all this stuff on you because it's not like a patrol car. You have to you wear like pretty much anything you need. Yeah. So it was like I was in probably that's probably the best shape I've ever been in. But I was just like working out, doing like curls one day, like super light, like the easy bar and everything with like 10 pounds on each side. Freaking just yeah. Passed out, woke up in the hospital, all that good stuff. Wow, dude. Wow. So I failed the physical. 90 day, 91, 92 days later, I was out. Jeez, dude. When I was downrange, I found, you know, they was like, who wants to re-enlist? You know, these are the bonuses right now for this and this. And I was a E5 downrange. And um, I was like, man, what do you, you know, for like six years, it was something. But then like. If you re-enlisted for in death, it like doubled what like six years was. And that's tax free when you're over. It's all tax free. Yeah. So I was like, I'll do in death. I was already yeah. at like what was that, eight? So that was like ten years already? Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. I'm like, well, crap. I can do that. You know. Right. You know, ten years. What's ten once you hit like ten years and if you're like an NCO, I mean it's dude, you're on the slope, man. Anybody like yeah. you know, if you can make it to be an NCO. Even like 
uh, an E5, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's all downhill from there. Because all you got to yeah. do, you got to go to one more board to make E6. Yeah. And after that, it's just what you, how good you look on paper. Yeah. To keep getting promoted. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm-hmm. re-enlisted in def, PCS to Fort Bragg <laughs> shortly after. Yeah. We had talked about that before. Yeah. Going from yeah, Alaska that's, to Bragg. <laughs> that's horrible, man. And I'm, I'm not like a... Who was I talking to about that? I was like, I, I'm not a, I'm not a country, country boy. I guess like, yeah, yeah. not a fan of country music at all, but I like living in the country. Right. So, I mean, if that makes me country, then I'm country. But I don't. I hate cities. Yeah. And man, after living out in spacious, beautiful, crisp, clean Alaska, and then going to freaking <laughs> Vietnam, that place was, it is horrible, horrible. <laughs> Oh, it's so funny. So that's right. <laughs> well, so wait, did you have to repay that bonus then since you were getting medically retired? Nope. Oh, wow, good. Good, nope. good. 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 I didn't get any of it because my ex spent most of it while I was. Oh. <laughs> so. Ugh, fun times with that. But yeah, dude, they get freaking that. 90 days in there. And so you were at Fort Bragg when this happened? Yep. I ho- went to, it was like, because you know, like, uh, Air Force, I don't know, you guys have, like, in your... Yeah, I think like, Pope's, like med Pope's probe. there. Yeah. Yeah, where, like, you look and it's, like, your physical is, like, green, then you have, like, dental, and then... Oh, you know, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's, like, yeah. stupid stoplight yeah. colors so even infantry can understand it. Or Marines. <laughs> but, um... <laughs> but, uh, like, one mine, all my stuff just turned red one day, and I'm like... I just had like a dental exam, so I was good. So I got that fixed, got the readiness fixed, and they're like, well, you have to go for annual physical. And I'm like, well, that sucks. So yeah. I'm like, okay. So went for the physical. I had a, that mean that doctor was probably the best primary care doctor I ever had. It was this really, it was a Hispanic dude, captain, really overweight guy. He, he was basically that doctor. He's like, man, if you need this profile, I'll give you a profile. You don't want to have to do this anymore. I'll write you something so you don't have to do it. Like he looked out, he looked out for soldiers instead of just being like, "Oh, it's just a hairline fracture. You can return to do full duty." Yeah, yeah. Nah, he like took care of soldiers probably a little yeah. bit too. But he was like, "No, nah, you know, you failed this because of your heart. We got to go do all these cardiology tests." And I ended up going through like macrovascular surgeons, had a cardiac catheter, and all that stuff. And I was like, my, I was in a detachment on the, I was a death sergeant. So I was working um, in the PMO. So you basically okay. run all the MP patrols that work in the road. Okay. You're kind of in charge of all law and order for the installation. When okay. the provost battalion commander leaves and the command sergeant major leaves. So yeah. I was like, well, this dude's going to chapter me out. Cause he's super big on chaptering people out. Like yeah. you fail your PT test. You got 30 days to redo it. If you fail it again, that 31st day, I'm starting your chapter paperwork. I'm like, dude, give people a break. You know, they have like yeah. off months. Yeah. So I was like, he's going to chapter me out if I go back with this. He's like, nope. He starts doing all this stuff on the computer. He's like, I just started your med board process. Wow. I was like, oh. okay. And yeah. this was 90, 91 days later, I was out, had my full VA rating and everything. That's what I was going to ask if VA got involved. Because, like, with mine, when they told me I got med, med boarded, um, I had essentially, I don't know, about a year. I, I'd say, like, eight to ten months, I believe, from start to finish. But VA got involved 
in the process at, at whatever X time was. And that was absolutely amazing. Yeah. So, so Fort Bragg is like a hub. So soldiers from like Germany and Italy, if you're getting med boarded, they fly you to Fort Bragg TDY. Yeah. And you go through the med board process there and you can either get out there or return if you have family and everything like that. So it's like you go through that doctor's appointments, anything you've ever hurt, anything that hurts, yeah. every, like x-ray, everything, MRI, everything. Yeah. And then they submit it. You go to your VA appointment on Fort Bragg. They submit everything up. And then they even have a med board attorney that reviews your initial rating because it's always low. Yeah. They're like, oh, you broke your back and you're late twice. Man, 30%. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, dude, I can't walk up an incline, you know? So she reviews it and she submits this stuff to like fight it. And dude, that stuff came back like awesome. Really? Yeah. Right on. So I was like, dude, they, it, then they were like, what's that? Well, I was just thinking because I didn't, I didn't, I was. When I got retired out, it w I didn't have any of that crap. That unless it was something behind, I guess the curtains that I didn't see. Um, but I had a buttload. But one of my buddies here, um, he he just got medically discharged from the army. They ended up. He was at Carson, but he had to go to Bragg like two times yeah. for their board stuff. So I don't know if that's like nationwide they do. Well, globally, if they do that or what, I don't know. But that. Yeah. Seems like a lot of money in just plane tickets alone. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, then you think about like all the money that they, well, the, so they offered you, offered me the military retirement, mm -hmm. which was a joke. Yeah. And I'm like, and then they tax that. And I'm like, that's not even like half of what I'm making as an E6. Yeah. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. How are you supposed, even, so I looked at it even for 20 years or 20 plus years. I'm like, how are you supposed to retire after all that? Hopefully you're not broken. You can still work. Yeah. How are you supposed to live off of that? So they're mm -hmm. like, or you can elect for your VA benefit. So then they show you that amount. And I'm like, and I'm tax -free. Wait that crap right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And tax free. No, that was one of the things signing up. They're like, oh, you could retire in 38 years. Imagine that. And I'm like, oh man, 38 years and I could do what I want. Mm -hmm. Then come 38 years. I mean, I guess I could do what I want and make <laughs> fifteen hundred bucks a, yeah. a month and live off it. It's stupid. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stupid. So, so I just, like, I tell people like I'm retired. They're like, "What?" They're mm -hmm. like, "You don't look old enough to retire." I'm like, "Well, actually, I retired when I was 33." So your life choices were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, dude, so what, because I know me mentally, when they tell you when when you're set on going to hit that 20-year mark, you've got plans for when you get out of the military, coming in at 90 days and you got to get up and get out, what was that like for you and what what were you thinking you were going to do? Man, it's, it's I, I had no clue. Like, in my head, you know, I guess in the military, you you do, like, a week at a time or one day at a time. You know what you're doing in the Army anyway. You know, Monday's motor pool. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday is a run day. Tuesday and Thursday is muscle fitness. You know, it's mm -hmm. it's the same thing. It's just repetitive every week. You know, yeah. this day every month is the range. It's like I knew what I was doing every day of every week. And then, you know, you got like long-term goals. I'm like, okay, I want to stay at this base for a couple more years, and then I want to try to PCS here 
to get close to somewhere I actually will enjoy living. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like when all that stuff happened and I was coming up super close on like that into that 90 days. And it's like, I didn't know what to do. You know, it's like I had to, to retrain your, for me mentally to retrain your brain to figure out how to function as a civilian. And I don't think it's, I think to me, there's a difference between soldiers who have done the combat thing or deployed versus soldiers who haven't. It's still a hard transition yeah. no matter what. So I'm not discounting people that haven't deployed. Mm -hmm. But me, I was never a really good garrison soldier. I'm mm -hmm. good, high tempo, you know, you know, being <laughs> yeah. just doing right. shit, you know, yeah. not not behind a desk, not just sitting around, you know, I, give, give me these tasks to do. I'm going to go do them. Let me stay right. on my feet. Yeah. yeah. And then they say, oh, well, you know, get ready for civilian life and go through all these classes that teach you how to write a resume. And you, you will guarantee, you know, 80% of the people or 90% of the people that go through these classes get jobs. And I'm like, well, I have a freaking really high, well, decently high security clearance. I've been in law yeah. enforcement for the last 15 years. I'm going to apply for all these, you know, state game warden, federal game wardens, Homeland Security, board of CBP. I applied for all that crap. Nothing. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Unless you wanted yeah. to move to like Texas or like some crap hole in California. And yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not picking my whole family up. You know, and that's it. I had a fiance and together we have four kids. Yeah. So now it's like what do I do to make up that income that I I'm right. not going to get cuz the and medical was almost well, just, almost yeah. right up there with what I was getting, you know. Yeah. Before I guess with the blue, you said, yeah. And sorry, I mentioned medical, but I guess you're you're retired, so you got medicals covered. Yeah, my medical. So I get VA, you know. Why don't so you get, get the military medical? So, um, I I don't because I don't know if I did enough years or whatever. Like I didn't so. I've never had civilian life insurance my whole life. I've had a military ID card since I was born, you mm -hmm. know? So now mm -hmm. it's funny because today, actually, I called TRICARE and I enrolled my whole family in TRICARE Prime. Yeah, Because where we lived, well, when I got out, I didn't have to worry about it because I got assigned my um, primary care doctor was on Fort Bragg because I lived within mm -hmm. that distance. Right. So I never had to enroll in anything. It just automatically transferred right. over. But then when we moved yeah. from North Carolina, well, from the Fort Bragg area out to the Outer Banks of North Carolina, mm -hmm. it's a non-TRICARE Prime area. So uh -huh. I no longer had TRICARE Prime. It's like TRICARE Standard, which you pay a lot of money out of pocket. So, yeah. and the nearest VA is in Hampton, Virginia. So it was like a two-hour drive to go to the VA but I end up dealing anyway with all that community care crap. Yeah. Which is that's I don't want to get into that. But um, so the healthcare now, because my wife has an amazing career and she has health insurance, but it's a lot of money out of pocket. Yeah. Like she had to get her, she had to have some major wrist surgery a few years ago. It was like ninety eight thousand dollars. And like after insurance, I think we ended up paying, we're still paying. It's like 13 grand or something that they didn't cover. Ooh. And I'm like, if we would have had TRICARE Prime and lived in a prime area, 
$63. Yeah. $63 for outpatient surgery, anything. And I'm like, wow. So Mm -hmm. we did it today. And I don't know why we didn't do it sooner since we moved back up here, but mental, all that stuff is, it was just super stressful. And then when I got out, they say you'll get one month of your military retirement till your VA kicks in. Cause you have to be out for a full month. Yeah. And that was September, 2013. I didn't get my first VA payment till February of 2014. <laughs> and I had to yeah. contact my, the North Carolina Senator or Congress no woman or whatever. And I'm like, Hey, look, my family's going into hardship. We started getting like an eviction letter because the landlords we had were jerks yeah. who were military. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm not a big fan of taking out loans or asking anybody for help. You know, yeah. that's a good thing and a downfall for military people all across the board. Yeah. yeah. I finally did it and I was like, I reached out and within like 30 minutes of sending that email out, Man, her name was like Renee something, but she called me personally like 30 minutes after I emailed her, which I thought it would just be her staff. She's like, email me everything you got from the VA, your retirement orders, everything. I'm going to reach out to my contacts through the congressional VA people or whatever. And dude, that was that January. And then I got a letter from the VA two weeks later saying my pay starting on February 1st. Wow. So if you're listening and you need help with that, it does help to actually reach out to your state senator or your congress, congressman, congresswoman, whatever. It is so crazy. Did they ever tell you why that happened? No. Nope. But they guarantee, like, as soon as you get out, there will be no gap in pay, so you'll be covered. Yeah. It's the VA, so we all know if you spend any time with the VA, something always happens. So Yeah. Yeah, I, I – I literally got my re- like last whatever retirement check two weeks, and then two weeks later my VA rolled right in, so mine was stinking smooth. Yeah, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so I got lucky, but no, I hear yeah. horror stories all the time, man. So yeah, yeah. So it, it sucked. Yeah. So then what? So are you are you employable then with the VA and all that? Like I don't know what your rating was at, but are you so, you're able to work and do all that. I mean, I can, it's just, um, the transition to civilian life, it it was kind of hard, you know, it's like, I was in some very high speed units and then some very low drag or high drag units. And it's like trying to transition to civilian life and you, you no longer have a responsibility for other people. But that you still have your responsibility, but like your, your, the physical life of another human being yeah. like to have that taken away is like a whole nother like thing to try to get out of that habit of. And then yeah. trying to tell eight year old kids to treat them as like a dumb private in your soldier and screaming at them doesn't make for a good environment sometimes. Yeah. So that yeah. it, took, it took me a long time to adjust and I still think partially I'm still adjusting. Yeah. Um, do you know what's funny is I'll still catch myself like every once in a while. I, I'll like, I'll look at my phone at night. And I'm like, oh crap, is my phone on silent? I need to have it on. So in case they call me in the middle of the night, but then I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. I, I ain't answer my phone in the three in the morning anymore. The day I got out, I got my DD 214, 
got my retired ID card, all of that. Um, the next day I had a doctor's appointment on base at Fort Bragg and freaking, I couldn't, I mean, I was a shave twice a day person, almost yeah. the whole 15 years, except for deployment. I didn't, you know, you shave yeah. whenever you can, but, um, that next day, man, I got up and I was getting leaving. I'm like, Oh crap, I got to shave. So I shaved and halfway to base. I'm like, what the crap did I do that for? Dude, I went home, threw out my razor, gave my wife the shaving cream, you know, gave my um, freaking steps on the aftershave lotion. I'm like, here, man, you use that, whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was like, that was it, dude. My my beard grew down to the middle of my chest in like three months, like really? longer than it is now. Because wow. I just stopped shaving. So it was just like, bam. <laughs> I didn't let the hair grow out. I still have a hard time letting my hair grow out and touching my ears. Yeah. Oh, I'm dude. Trying, yeah. yeah. I'm trying it again. Mine's, mine's getting there, dude. And I'm just like, yeah. Ah. yeah. See, I wish I can't grow all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this little bit, man. I got nothing up there. Dude, I'm worried about it, man. It's it's getting there a little bit. Shut up. You got like three more inches to catch up on the forehead to get up with me and Jason. <laughs> but hey man like if, if it ever gets something like that i'm just gonna shave i have an ugly head i've had my head stapled together like three times yeah, yeah. so it's just yeah it's just someone's gonna just suck up looking at my head so <laughs> i like shave that next day man i was like why why i don't yeah. i don't ever have to shave again you know it's like if i would go apply for a job they don't want to hire me because i have a beard through you you yeah. know yeah yeah, it's I I love going up to the because you know I get I get my meds up at the academy which all you know Air Force Academy all high and mighty in the Air Force and I go up there you know with it's mine's nothing mine's just a little stubbles compared to your glorious freaking <laughs> beard but it still is like it's just, I like being able to do whatever I want right <laughs> right you can I mean it's just, all the benefits none of the BS but like how long did it take you to transition into realizing. You don't have to look for that senior NCO walking down the street or take I don't know, I, the Air Force probably walks around with their hands in their pockets, but Yeah, we do. Uh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's weird. No, honestly, with the VRV, we had yeah. um we did we did a gig down at a brewery down here and and they invited it was Mount Carmel, they invited us out to do because they had a group of active duty that was getting out and they wanted them to practice talking to on other entrepreneurs or business owners and stuff. I'm like, what you want? You want me and my guys? And I was like, I guess, you know, so I got, you know, it was me. And at the time, James with rustic whiskey, he, um, we were down there and we had, you know, everybody's way overdressed. They're dressed up in these suits. And mind you, I've been out of the military for about like three years, but, um, they're all dressed up in these suits, like crazy, like over the top. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? And then they made them make these little business cards, which was, it, it made everything like extremely awkward. I could see what they were trying to do, but they made it like way, way awkward. But anyways, the one gentleman that was, that we were talking to, he was wanting to get into um, selling insurance and stuff like that. So was, we're just BSing with them. Turns out he had uh, his buddy that he brought up there with him. Um, turns out, get this, he was, one of the coaches for the Olympics shooting team for oh, like wow. 
for like eight, eight or 10 years. Absolutely amazing guy. And my guy and my, my buddy James ended up hiring him. So he still works for him, which is really, really cool. And his daughter's on the Olympic shooting team. But anyways, the guy that was in the main guy that was in the suit, he was the freaking, um, brigade freaking commander, whatever the heck they are over there. He was like the big, the big wig of the freaking base. And I'm like, what? And I'm like, yeah. But then you know, there was a sense to me. It was like, oh, you got to start calling him sir, and you got to start doing this and that. And I was like, no, this dude's no. this dude's like pinging us. He's like, you know. But then I was thinking too. I'm like, wait a minute. You're this. You've been in for what? Probably 25 plus years. Yeah. You know, in the army. So I'm sure he's a general, minimal. Um. Well, probably <laughs> at least full bird, minimal, being a commander over there. But uh, he um, he's. Pink, like picking our brains about what to do in the civilian world and i remember as a brand new airman same with like being a brand new soldier you see these guys with these ranks and you're like oh they're yeah. so put together and they got everything in place yep. and now on this side of things i'm like the dude's dude just yeah. he's, he's just like us you know what i mean the, da, da, da. Yeah. so i get a lot yep. that are still in uniform with it's usually like the light colonels not picking on there's good ones out there too but usually the light colonels will be the hard asses like the the o the o fives and um like you need to respect me because my da 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 and i i don't yeah. like that mentality like i'll respect you when you know um but i i'm getting off on a tangent here but um <laughs> but no i i uh <laughs> I, I used to get that sense a bit when seeing different rank and stuff like that. But, but now I'm just like, no, nah, man, what's, what's going on? I'm going to treat him the same way I treat somebody at a yeah. Chick-fil-A drive through and yep. you're a person, man. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. You see all these, I've been, I've only been to too many different things with like veterans, you know, well still with active duty people, but it's like, you can always, like you said, you look up when you first come in, you see all these, you know, captains majors lieutenant colonels full bird like if you saw a full bird you're like oh crap let me just reason maybe he won't notice me kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. or like Mm -hmm. you were told hey freaking the colonel's coming through go hide go look like you're busy yeah and it's like every like i ran across some good ones and some dirt bad ones but it's like some of them if they're in long enough you know they have like those connections to like the civilian side yeah so five years out from them retiring, they already got jobs. Yeah. But like going through like, uh, can't remember the name of the program that it's called that you go through and learn how to transition and figure out your job skills and all, it's all this stuff. But it's like, you're in the same classroom with like yeah, full bird colonels, you know? Yeah. And it's like, they have no clue just like you do. Right. If they don't already have something lined up. Most no. of them blow it off because they already have jobs and nobody's going to tell the full bird yeah. To go to it, you know, yeah. who's going to tell yeah. them? The yeah. base commander? Mm-hmm. So they blow it off, but there's, you know, captains and up in there who yeah. have been in for 20-some years, and they have no clue what they're going to do civilian side either. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't really, and, you know, after I got really disheartened after applying to all the civilian equivalents, even on the federal side of what I was already doing, it's like even like state troopers and in local local cops. I mean, the only physical job interview I got was for a game warden in like Kauai, Hawaii. No, really? Yeah. And they're like, well, we'll do a Skype interview, but then you have to fly out here, do a uh, in-person interview through a board, 
then you have to fly back out here to do like our the agility test and go through like the drug testing and then you have to fly back out here to do like the formal board will they either offer you the job or not and i'm like wow you guys pay for all that mm. they're like well no well we pay for everything <laughs> like you know while you're here but you have to pay for your own airfare and lodging and food and i'm like I'm a transitioning out of the military person. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. a one month paycheck right there. Just one yeah, I was going to say, it's from the East Coast. if yeah. I was in California, it'd probably be cheaper, but yeah. from the East coast to Hawaii and back no, that's a, know, that's a four or five times six paycheck. Yeah. 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 So that, you know, that was, would have been an amazing job. But again, even if I could afford it, would I drag my whole family away from everything to go to Hawaii you know, and that was like one of my wife's things about, you know, when the kids are gone, we joke about moving back to Alaska, but it's like, yeah. you know, the kids are going to be in college to re, re they won't be able to afford to come visit us. You know, I can't yeah. afford to fly four kids to Alaska and back on summer breaks, yeah. and holidays. So like, well, let's move to like Montana or Wyoming or something like that, where it's yeah. still country and mountains and stuff yeah. like that. So that's probably what we're going to do. Yeah, um, dude, I literally had that conversation with my daughter because she's wanting to go to college over in Hawaii for this um, um, medical thing. I'm like, babe, Hawaii's because she's following all these people on TikTok in Hawaii. She's always like, look at them, they're in Hawaii. Da, da, da. I'm like, babe, that's great. Like, uh, you know, I've been in, I don't know if you've been in Hawaii, but Hawaii's absolutely wow. gorgeous, but you're still on an island. And yeah. I'm like, babe, think about it. You're going to have all your friends back here stateside that are going to be coming back home for the holidays, for longer weekends or whatever, or they're going to be doing whatever on the weekends. You're not going to be able to come home. You're, yeah. you know, you have a plane fares that are not cheap. And living in Hawaii is not cheap. Dude, you got to pay like oh, no. 30 bucks to park anywhere. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, Alaska's crazy. the same thing. I mean, your cola in Alaska is, I think mine was like, like six hundred some dollars. Yeah. And PAH yeah. was like over two grand. Yeah. So and it's Woo. I mean it's you know, Hawaii is an island and tropical, but like Alaska is there's one highway, there's <laughs> other roads, but most of them are dirt. Yeah. Anything you really want to go see, you have to drive either super far, take a plane, take a helicopter ride, or take a boat. I mean, to get to the capital, you have to take a boat or a plane. <laughs> it, it's so on cool. Juneau, Alaska. I mean it's <laughs> So it's it's sort of the same but different, you know. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and it's and like um, I don't know what if Colorado has like um, college benefits for dependents yeah. if you're rated a certain amount. Yeah, so I'm I'm hundred percent. Yeah, like the I think it's called the Yellow Ribbon Program. Yeah. Yes, I'm a hundred. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, yeah. they can go to any in-state college mm -hmm. virginia college for free for up to four years yep and they could go for an additional three years at like a 20 percent rate or something like that yeah so that's what seven years of college right i mean and you got like virginia tech uva all these great colleges and i got one kid that wants to be a freaking um orthopedic surgeon or whatever really so i'm like you so we're gonna we have to keep a Virginia address somehow, yeah. So they can still take care take part of that benefit. Yeah, yeah. And they're yeah. like right on, dude. My best friends moving to New York. I'm gonna go to college there. I'm like, you're paying for it. Yeah, I don't care. It's, there's a lot of people that don't know about that program that are 100. Yeah. percent So yeah. one other thing, the, the um, SCRS or CRS 
or CRSC, Combat Related Special Compensation. A lot yeah. of people don't know about that one either. That's I know a little bit about behavior. it. I don't know a lot about it. So You what? You don't know about it? I know. I, like, I've heard of it, but I don't know really anything about it. Were you were were you injured in combat or anything like deployed or anything like that? Uh, yes. So you're eligible. Even 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 if you they even rated my stupid tinnitus over there. Yeah. With with crap, but um, yeah, it's another tax free addition to stuff as well. So you need to look that up. I and mean, it's through the huh. army. It's not through VA. It's through the army. So look up when we get off this. Look up the army CRSC, and I think that's who I had applied through too. Was actually through the army. To get crap. Yeah. Because I'll forget um, as soon as you hang up. Yeah, dude. Combat related special compensation pay CRSC. Yeah, dude, they, they fill out a form, <laughs> and it was funny with mine, too, because then I had to prove that I lost my fingers in Iraq. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so from medevac papers to, I mean, one with my orders and this and that, because my medevac papers, I was thinking, that'll be freaking fine, right? Yeah. It shows that, blah, blah. And I mean, it's got my whole travel history from Mosul to freaking Longstool, all that. Now, we need something that, that's probably what are you like i don't understand so it they'll they'll give you a pick so get ready for a run around but it's worth yeah. it i mean it's not a buttload of pay but i'm only getting like 250 it's still like 250 bucks a month for that yeah. so anyways sorry anyways way off top. <laughs> <laughs> so so um so what um so transitioning out taps was fun what did you start doing? Like, what was your first place of employment and all that? Uh, the shed in my backyard. Yeah. Yeah. So that's when I got out. That's when I started the woodworking business. Yeah. Yeah. So, TJ or Strother Woodworks. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. I started Strother Woodworks. And then um, I start off one day like I like I I've made like Adirondack chairs before. And I, I've seen my dad make them, my grandfather make them. So I was like, well, screw it, you know, went and bought some tools. And I was like, I'm just going to make one in the backyard. So it took me about a week to make it. My wife took pictures of it because I was like, oh, it's just a chair to me. You know, it's like, oh, I just wanted to make a chair to sit on the deck. Yeah. You know, my wife took pictures of it, posted on Facebook. After that, it was like probably about a half a dozen people were like, oh, you should sell those. I'd buy one. I'd buy one. I'm like, oh, OK, well, let me make a couple and see if I can sell them. So I made a couple and like, while I was making them, I took pictures and I sold them like while I was making them. I'm like, man, I could probably do something with this. So, you know, it's like, yeah. it just kind of evolves from there. Right. Started off making like little chairs and then blanket chests and then making custom like wood porch gliders to go under on people's decks and under port, you know, awnings and stuff like that. And, Grew into like cutting boards, and then I finished up with like um those big epoxy river tables and yeah, all that kind of stuff. And then yeah. COVID hit, and that was the end of that. <laughs> well, that's how we met because you originally came on with the uh, with your woodworking business. Yep. And now was that like your? Because I know you 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 know we you had some fun downrange. Um, was that like one of your forms of therapy with the whole woodworking? Yeah, it is because it's like. It's it's like a it's not like sitting in an office or you know doing it's like a, so you have to like focus on it you know your measurements your cutting yeah. you know especially if you're doing like stuff with expensive materials it's like you you kind of want to do it right the first time or else it dips yeah. in profit so it was like 
you know, sitting there sanding for hours to make something really nice is just, you're just thinking about the sanding, you know, it's like, oh, wax on, wax off thing. It's just, (laughs) it's therapeutic, you know, keeping your hands busy, you know, it's like, what is that? The idle hands and stuff like, you know, it just, it just kept me busy. Um, I had to take a break from it for a while when my wife got offered a job out on the Outer Banks, Mm -hmm. didn't really have the room to do it, messed around with some small stuff, but didn't really have the room to do it. And then we moved up here to Virginia and then finally had a big enough space to do it again. So it kicked it back off and yeah. old customers chimed back in and wanted more stuff. And it, it blew up pretty good, I think. Yeah. You know, yeah. Nowhere here yeah. like Deep South or anything like that. That dude's amazing. Dude, he turned it up like this week, man. Or not this week, but this past year, man. He definitely turned it up. But um, but yeah, man. So So COVID hit and it hit your business too. Yeah, I was doing, I was getting really big into making the epoxy river coffee tables, um, end tables, you know, just getting into the whole epoxy thing. And man, it was within like a couple of months, people stopped placing orders, customers wanted deposits back, but I used the deposits to buy the materials. So, you know, on the invoices, deposits were always non-refundable. People got mad. I gave like one refund and, you know said, well, you can have your materials and you can sell them or give them to somebody else yeah. to make whatever it was you wanted made. But if you can't afford to pay for the rest of it, I, I'm not going to make it. Yeah. You know, yeah. and then paying for the advertising to try to keep business coming in and then paying for the website and then everything we had, it's just money sitting there. So it was like, it just started dipping into the profits that I had and yeah. getting really close to, well, do I keep it open and just start paying out of pocket? Or do I just kind of break even and just stop? Yeah. So just kind of, you know, kind of in the background, we were, you know, starting the alpaca thing in the background to see if that would, you know, take hold and take traction and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I think it kind of ended like right at a good time for us. Yeah. Well, how about I I know I think it was – you know, this is this is me talking the VRV up a bit, but I think it was kind of nice timing with you being so involved within the VRV. You had that support group outside of where, you know, your yeah. family where you're at locally it, where, you know, we call I'll come in and jump in and cause I'm like, What? You're going for woodworking? All of a sudden I start seeing alpaca pictures. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, it's definitely nice. I mean, since that first um I think the first VRV social i was on was like your guys's second one yeah yeah or third one something like that yeah you've been on since the beginning of them yeah and i mean it it was it was i mean all the people on there super supportive you know everybody's pretty much dicks to each other but like in that family kind of way you know yeah yeah but it's it's super supportive you know everybody helps each other out with their social media buying stuff referring (laughs) people and I still have people, you know, shoot me messages like on my personal Instagram or like my personal Facebook page wanting me to make them stuff. And I refer them to Brandon or, you know, other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if they have ever bought anything, but it's I, I just refer them out to people in the VRV. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's not yeah. like, oh, well, just goes use Google, you know, Google it. You know, it's like, well, yeah. hey, man, go to this website and just search for what you're looking for. And I'm sure somebody out there in the VRV makes what you're wanting. Yeah, yeah. Or offers the service. So it was a good time. Everybody was super supportive. Um, took a little bit to people to understand like what alpaca stuff is. And it's 
it's like that no matter where I go, if, if you've never dealt with it and it's hard to sell it without letting people feel it, it sounds really right. weird and corny, yeah. but it's like, yeah. it's a product you have to feel to know like, Oh crap, this isn't just like another pair of cotton socks or like nasty, yeah. thick wool socks. You know, these are I got yeah. them right here. Yeah. See, I, I still have them wrapped because I want to do a stinking TikTok thing with them. So I don't yeah. want to break them. <laughs> <laughs> um but no dude these things are freaking awesome um but but really what what got you into the whole alpaca thing and one one thing too is i still tell the story when i when i tell people about you know they're like oh that's cool how the part of the vrv has gone and this and that and i was like yeah never in a million years would i have imagined a shirtless navy seal talking to one of my other guys in virginia about alpaca shit yeah right <laughs> Yeah, that, that was, was so awesome funny, man. You know, it's like I like people asking questions. You know, it's like mm -hmm. not like a a good, you know. I mean, I can spill crap tons of information, but it's like I like how people ask questions and you know really want to know about it. Yeah. But it's like I got involved. I've always wanted a farm, so I've yeah. always wanted something I could call my own. You know, like have a few chickens and you know i could stop spending hundreds of dollars on eggs every month because i love eggs yeah and um sounds you like know, you're gonna write a country music song there tj i know right like <laughs> one that's not about my wife taking my dog and my tractor and my horse and stealing my favorite hat <laughs> she took my pickup truck after she tried to blow it up and whatever you know but um like I got involved because I wanted something of my own. You know, yeah. I think being in the military, you don't really have anything that's yours. Right. Other than the uniforms you go buy or right. if you buy right. your own pair of boots. Yeah. Everything else in the military, you got to sign for it. Or mm -hmm. if you don't sign for it, then yeah. it's really yours. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> As I'm looking around here at my table list. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to know. Nothing's in the video that, okay. Um, so, like, I was downrange. We went resupply, you know, you get random USO boxes that are, you know, they just ship into each little base. And we were on a tiny little fire base on like the border of Pakistan and there's a shithole. And um, I just grabbed it and we had like in our connex, that was our latrines. We had like these little cabinets screwed into the wall and like you got a USO box, you took whatever you wanted out of it. Then you took the rest of it and put it in the cabinet. Mm -hmm. So everybody else can just go in the bathroom and be like, oh, crap, there's, you know, soap, there's shampoo. Oh, here's a toothbrush. I needed a toothbrush. You know, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And there were socks in there one day. And I'm like, well, freaking, I need a pair of socks. So just took the socks and they were alpaca socks. And man, they're, I mean, legit the most comfortable pair of socks yeah. for war. And, yeah. you know, everybody didn't really make a big deal. Of it. I just wore them like you wear any other pair of socks, but I wore them and wore them and wore them and Cause you don't get to do laundry a lot. Like the laundry you do do, you put it in a laundry bag and you yeah. hope and pray to whoever you pray to that you actually get your stuff back. Yeah. Like I've gotten back like females clothes before. I gotten back like a Marine uniform oh, before. Yeah. I got yeah. back like civilian, like KBR uniforms. I'm like, where are my clothes? Yeah. Where's mine? So I just kept them and I, I just rinse them out in like a sink or whatever and let them hang them up in like the little 550 cord line in my room and let them dry. And yeah, I just yeah. kept wearing them. So I was like, man, I want to, 
And it was just always in the back of my head, like, where do you, how do I get these? And I never mm-hmm. didn't keep the wrapper or anything like that. So I never knew what company or what brand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, and that's, uh, so that's just kind of what started it. And then when we moved up here, I was like, man, we can get some land pretty decent price, you know, five to 10 acres and, um, probably really start this. I have a really amazing mentor, um, up in New York who, who gave us an amazing deal on some alpacas, eight alpacas. Um, and we're just kind of going from there. We've come really close to having our farm set up, Mm -hmm. but man, again, COVID hit, you know, people stop selling houses. People want big ass deposits just to go walk through their house so that you can show that you're legitimately interested in their house. Yeah, it's a trend around here for some dude, reason. Dude, that's great. No, not here. Dude, here yeah. it's the market's up to like $10,000 in like a whatever account the realtor holds or a bank holds. Yeah. And then you walk through the house. If you decide you don't want it or you can't come together on a price, then you get that money back. And I'm like, I'm not paying you up to ten grand for a 30-minute walk through your house to say, well, the outside's pretty, but the inside sucks. Yeah. Dude, that's so, crazy. And it's just some people like just won't get back to you and say, yeah, we'll schedule this date. It's for sale, but you know, we're not really doing walkthrough and I can understand, you know, they don't want random people walking through their house, but take it off the market. If you don't want to sell it. Right. Nobody's just, I'm not, I'm not a multimillionaire where I just buy a house sight unseen and fix what's broken, you know? Mm -hmm. So the, the whole, we just started the process again. Things are kind of lightening up a little bit here in Virginia. Well, where we live anyway, so we just started the process, you know, found a new lender and the dude seems pretty cool so far working with us and just kind of waiting slowly yep. the ball rolling again to hopefully bring them, you know, down here and get everything like officially set up, you yeah. know. So what's the, what what goes in this whole process with the alpacas? It's funny because so I live right behind Black Forest here and everybody's got alpacas and llamas well you got to tell me the difference between a llama and alpaca because i can't tell the difference (laughs) so you got llamas you got alpacas then you got llamas then you have camels they're all in the same family okay i didn't know that llamas are have a they're taller like i'm five foot eight Mm -hmm. and like an alpaca may come to like the top of my head maybe a little bit higher yeah so and then llamas are taller they're meaner they spit more they have bigger ears okay so, and then camels, we all know what camels are. Yeah, yeah. You know? Camels are the bomb. Yeah, right? I mean, I wish I could carry a Toyota Corolla on my back through the mountain. <laughs> live to tell about it. <laughs> I need to get my kids to ride a camel because I keep telling them all the time. I was like, you ride a camel, it's like the smoothest riding animal yeah. ever. Yeah, you, you ride a camel it. for days. Oh, I know. They're you amazing. Know? Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Funny, so, my daughter, we're dropping my, sorry, we're, no, we're no. dropping my daughter off at her, at her friend's house, right? So we're, we're going to drop her off, and my daughter's like, oh, you got alpacas? And she's like, yeah, I got alpacas. Like, it's like some big deal. Like, of course I got an alpaca. Who doesn't have an alpaca out here? And I'm like, oh, my God. Right? So, yeah. I mean, but you anyways. Have alpacas as pets. So they do make, they no, do make, people do breed, like, pet alpacas, you know, mm-hmm. and you could fit. If you supplement, because they just eat grass and hay, yeah. that's that's like a whole nother, we, if you want to get into that, we can get into that, like how to take care of them. And they're super simple. They're the easiest livestock to take care of. Yeah. They only yeah. have bottom teeth, so they don't like rip out your grass. They have soft, they have pads on their feet, not hooves, like horses and cows. Yeah. 
Yeah. They only eat till they're hungry. They're not like constant grazers. Yeah. Um, they'll eat grass or they'll eat hay. And you can fit five to eight alpacas per acre. Wow. They don't need tons of space. They yeah. are social, so you need a few of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, you can get two pet alpacas, and they don't really challenge fences either. So you can hmm. get, like, two females, throw them in your backyard, and you're golden. You yeah. know? Yeah. They'll come eat out of your hand. They'll eat your grass. Whatever. And they poop. Yeah. They all poop in the same spot. I know. That's so, so crazy when you're telling it's me It's crazy. That. I'm like, nuts. I didn't believe it. And when we went up to this farm, you know, to go see them and, you know, make the deal on them. And I'm like, there's like one, you know, and they pee and shit in the same spot. And then like yeah. one does it. Then like another one will get up and go do it. And then they just start taking turns. And it's like, oh. It's like What's women it? go to the bathroom. Like once one goes, they all go. <laughs> well, is it like a barking of the territory type thing? I don't know. I don't know like if it's dominance that. or what. No, because they're not really territorial. It's it's more like a a communal thing to kind of. I I don't know if like to keep. I never really read too much into it, but I think it's just to kind of keep keep their area neat and and they don't walk through it either. Like they'll walk around it or they'll like gently step through it, and it's <laughs> it's just crazy. You know, well, that's crazy. You have, you you know, you pick out your alpacas. They have pet ones that don't really have good quality fleece. And you want ones that have really dense, nice, nice fleece, you know. And I think we have two or three that can produce up to eight to ten pounds of fleece. Yeah. So you got, you know, you, you want the fleece. You shear them once a year. When you shear them, you have to like trim up the teeth, trim up the hooves because they're not in the Andes in Peru walking through the mountains in their natural the rocks, yeah. environment. You have to give them vitamin supplements every more, month. It's like one shot. It costs. Don't quote me on it, but I, I don't have my book in front of me. It's it's I think it's like 37 cents a day to maintain an alpaca. Huh. Now, if you live in a colder climate, you have to supplement more hay because obviously your grass isn't there year round. Right, right. But th- that's really it. They, they're oh. amazing at giving birth. They plop them out, clean them up. If you have a, you know, uh, an alpaca that's given birth before, she kind of hangs out, waits till the baby starts nursing, and you're, you're golden. That's it. Wow. How are they with shearing when you have to shear them? Are they hesitant or are they just kind of um, like whatever? The, so if they're new to it or if they've only been through it a couple times, you know, it's it's not like these horrible commercials you see on PETA. And like last year, Columbia, like the big Columbia company, stopped selling all of their stuff alpaca because of like the horrible torture that they go through. And it's like the guy that we got him from has have been doing it for 17 years and yeah. hasn't had an alpaca that shed blood once. Yeah. You know, you kind of, you, you have these, it's like a little pulley system where you kind of have to flatten them out on the ground for their Mm -hmm. safety and yours. Mm -hmm. You know, you shear from like the stomach all the way around the back, back to the stomach. That's like the blanket. That's your prime cut of beef, essentially. Okay. And then you got like the legs and then you got the neck and it's like first, seconds and thirds, you know, you, you, you want that blanket. That's your money right there. So you keep that separate from the other so, yeah, sections. Separate it all. Wow. And then depending on how, like I belong to a fiber co-op because I don't have 250 alpacas to shear every year to make enough products to sell to be profitable. Yeah. So 
the fiber pool we belong to um, only makes um, alpaca products with only U.S. alpaca fiber. So all their stuff is 100% made in the U.S. Yeah. We do have a couple items that we got from Peru, um, but the family is based in Pennsylvania. Um, they design their stuff in the U.S. Um, it's like a five-generation um, alpaca farm in Peru. All their stuff is certified world trade world trade safe or world i don't know what it whatever that big certification you get for being like trade safe and it's not like coming from horrible farms and everything like that they they do it humanely yeah you know i'm not saying that there's backwoods people raising alpacas who just gouge the crap out of them shearing them you know yeah but you do all that you clean it up a little bit because the cleaner you make it sending it off to the fiber pool the the less they charge you for them cleaning it and processing it. yeah so okay. then you get a weight back your total weight and then you turn around and buy products based off that of uh, your amount of weight so you use up all of your weight to get products and then you get a certain wholesale price yeah um that you turn around and buy it and then you sell it yeah um, so that that's our process for getting our alpaca products um mm-hmm. A big thing for me when I started this from being a veteran, you know, made in the USA stuff is big for me. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be able to have that designation. So we started off only with stuff in the US and then I had enough people request, you know, the stuff with the brighter colors or the fancier designs. And the Peruvians have been doing this for like thousands of years, you know. Mm-hmm. So they have really nice stuff. A lot of it is really good quality, but they use um, a lot less alpaca in it. So like your socks okay. are, yeah. what does it say on it? 78% alpaca. Like it says right there on the back. Yes. So like 2% have, lycra. Yeah. So they put lycra in it and nylon in it for the yeah. rigidity and like for, so it holds its shape. Okay. Cause like if you just put alpaca in it, it, it like has a little bit of stretch to it. Yeah. It's, it won't hold its shape. It won't be okay. rigid when you wash it, you know? And that's the thing with, like, the products we carry. Like, most of it, you can wash it. Just throw it in the washer and dryer. Like, I tell people, like, I'm a guy. Like, mm-hmm. I wash whites, darks, reds, everything. Throw Same it basket. Yep. Yeah. I don't even know what temperature setting I put it on in the washer or the dryer. Yeah. Whatever it was on last, that's what I wash it on, yeah. you know? And mine comes out just fine. I always yeah. follow the instructions. But I'm telling you how I do mine because I don't – some stuff you have to like hand wash and lay flat like the scarves and like the mittens. I think they tell you to hand wash them. I'd have to look on the website, but like hand wash them and lay them flat or delicate wash and tumble dry low, whatever. Yeah. But they're they're durable. It's not like smart wool. Like wool socks, if you wash a pair of wool socks, that's fine. But if you throw them in the dryer, they're done. When you right. try to pull them back out from shrinking – you're breaking mm-hmm. all the wool fibers and everything like that. Yeah. It's just not not sustainable to me. Yeah. Um, and um, alpaca fleece is naturally hypoallergenic. So all these people who I try to push yeah. it like that because everybody who always wanted wool socks or a wool blanket or a wool scarf or a wool hat, but you're allergic to the lanolin in the wool, alpaca fleece has no lanolin mm-hmm. at all. So our baby blankets we sell are great for babies because uh-huh. nobody knows what a baby is allergic to 
unless a parent's allergic to it, then there's a chance they passed it to the kid or not. Right. Right. It's like you're not going to feed your newborn baby peanut butter right away to find out they have a peanut allergy. You know, people, parents yeah. just don't take that chance. Yeah. Like our baby blankets sell fairly well because it's like people say, oh, well, I, I don't know if my kid's allergic to wool yet or not. I'm like, well, they won't be allergic to this, you know, because yeah. there's no lanolin in it. That's yeah. what you're allergic to in wool. Yeah. So, you know, we have that angle for it, too. And, you know, I, I try to market that a little bit. Maybe I should do it a little bit more. But yeah, yeah, you do. I'm well, still what, into the how to market stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, dude, what you've got a wide range of products, man. Where do you go? You got from socks to mittens to scarves to. Yeah, so we have leggings. One, two, three, four, five, six, five or six different types of socks. Um, from like super lightweight ankle socks that are our backpack ankle socks. They're like, I, I, like I wear those if I, I'm a big flip-flop person, but like if I have to wear shoes or like if I wear my hiking boots around or riding the motorcycle, I wear the backpack of socks because they're, they're, they, I mean, and I, like I tell people, like I'll ride if it's 35 degrees or warmer and there's like no wind chill or 40 degrees or warmer, I'll ride a motorcycle, you know, now that I actually have riding gear and I don't bundle up like (laughs) the kid from like a Christmas story, (laughs) but, um, like I'll wear them. And then we have all the way up to thick. I know nobody's going to be able to see this, but like we have these super thick high calf boot socks that I have friends in Alaska that have been buying them like crazy. Like one lady bought them and now I'm selling them like crazy. They're super thick and they almost come up to your knee, you know, and then everything from lightweight gloves. I just ordered some fingerless gloves. So I was going to show you those. <gasps> um, coming in, uh, we have alpaca driving gloves that we have these mittens that have a really thick fleece liner in them. Yeah. Uh, we also we have these driving gloves that have a leather palm that are the same thing as the mittens, but they're gloves. Huh. Um and people, so I just started selling on Etsy like two weeks ago. I woke up yesterday and I had like five Etsy orders before I even got up. I was yeah. like, holy crap. And then wow. I got like two more today. Good. So again, shout out to Deep South for giving the Etsy the class. Etsy thing. Yeah, man. I'm still yeah. trying to figure it out, but it's, I started paying. I'm cheap. So I pay like the $2 a day for the Etsy ads. And I think I've had like four sales just from the ads. Good. Um, so yeah, all train gloves are like your thin, thin, like lightweight gloves, but they're still warm. Um, we have glittens. So if you don't know what glittens are, they're like fingerless gloves that have a little flap that buttons the, the down. Attachment and, comes, yeah. Yep, flip it over your hand. Bam. You got mittens. Yeah. Um, then we have scarves, lightweight scarves, medium weight, uh, the infinity scarves that women love. We have those, um, a uh, couple different types of actually quite a few different types of beanies. We have like ones that have the little pom pom on top of your head, mm-hmm. um, ear flat beanies that go over the top, over your just pull down over your ears. You know, yeah. if you were in the army or military a little while ago, you know about the watch caps, the skull caps that everybody had. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have those also. Um, and a lot of our, alpaca hats have like either a full fleece liner in them or just a yeah. fleece liner in the headband yeah right on yeah, so yeah freaking sweet dude that's way awesome before we get into our other subject though shout out um where can people go and buy your stuff at so our website is freedom fleece alpacas.com 
Uh, social media, Facebook and Instagram are the same, Freedom Fleece Alpacas. And then the Etsy shop is the same thing, Freedom Fleece. I know. Um, it's I know. either Freedom Fleece or Freedom Fleece Alpacas. I don't remember how they had to make me shorten it up. Okay. Um, I think the whole shop may show up as Freedom Fleece Alpacas. Okay. But we have all of our stuff's on there also. And then the Etsy shop, anything over $35 is free shipping. Um, Brandon told me to jump on that because I wasn't doing it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so. well, good, dude. Well, that's yeah. sweet, man. And I'll, I'll, I'll put those all in the comments below with, with nice. links. Nice. All that stuff. So, yeah. So, um, tell us about what you got going on with this ride coming up here soon. Oh, yeah. So, um, I, I think I've talked to you about it before, but like the way I, I characterize veterans and even active duty, but you know, we're veterans. So, veterans, you know, you have like those Jekyll and Hyde moments for, yeah. for me, sometimes every day, sometimes only a couple times a week. Maybe you'll have a couple good weeks where, you know, you're, Dr. Jekyll and not Mr. Hyde, but sometimes you get stuck in that Hyde moment. Well, I had mine in 2018, wasn't leaving the house, you know, blowing up on the kids, blowing up on the, well, fiance at that time. No, we were married. So wife, (laughs) I don't remember the dates, Um, you know, just stuck in the house, you know, kids and the wife saying, no, you got to get out. You got to get out. You know, perusing Facebook one day, there's this veteran, uh, combat veteran also, Purple Heart veteran, yeah. owned, uh, this is when we were on the Outer Banks, owns a mar- martial arts gym, jiu-jitsu and Muay Thai. Yeah. Always huge supporter of the community um, saying, hey, if you're a veteran, come in, you know, I'll give you a free month's worth of classes. I was like, man, you know, I'll go hang out with some other veterans. I- I'm okay yeah. doing, I'll go into Walmart, I'll probably end up like, you know, stabbing a few dozen people. But, um, so went to his classes, super nice guy, super, super chill environment. You know, there's an active duty Coast Guard. Well, he's might as well be a civilian. Coast Guard doesn't count for anything. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, he was in there, a couple other, there's another guy that was in the, I think he's in National Guard or Reserves. Um, some other veterans in there. There's, um. I'm not going to throw his name out. He's 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 on TV and stuff, but I'm not going to throw his name out because I he's a super humble dude. But yeah, um, he, he's he's a very scary dude. Like he he's in that upper echelon in the military. Okay, yeah. but he stays there every once in a while. Super nice guy. You know, I was like, man, this is pretty cool. So the owner of the gym, Rick Bateman, owns most, uh, OBX Martial Arts. Um, mm-hmm. He's like, man, if you want to continue, I could probably get you. Uh, jiu-jitsu sponsorship and you could become like a sponsored athlete i'm like yeah you know i'm I'm, i want to keep training but i can't really afford anything he's like no 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 they'll pay for it so he turned me on to mission 22 submitted some stuff to them they came around and said yeah you know we'll sponsor you i think it was for six months or a year okay you train a little bit and you kind of become like an ambassador and then you become like a sponsored athlete so they would sponsor you to go compete so i competed a few times and I always, you know, I like to kind of keep the the karma, the good karma bucket filled up a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever you believe in, you know, be a jerk, do whatever. You know, you're a veteran, be an asshole, whatever. <laughs> but you got to do good. You yeah. just have to do good. You know. Yeah. Um. So I was like, man, I always wanted a way to give back. So moved here, still riding motorcycles. Had to take a break because of the shoulder surgeries. Picked it back up. 
I'm like, I want to do a motorcycle ride to benefit, you know, veterans somehow. So I'm like, man, I'm going to mm-hmm. reach out to Mission 22. The lady loved the idea. Talked to my buddy. He's like, man, I'll go with you. I can't, he can't ride motorcycles anymore because, you know, he's got bad neck and his oh. hands go numb and all this. Right. He's like, I'm getting ready to buy a Polaris slingshot, which is kind of like a Batmobile yeah. looking yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I'll follow the front you. One we'll the load mine up with whatever you can't carry on your motorcycle. Yeah. So I'm like, sweet. So I started planning this route, planning it more and more. And it started from like just a, a small little trip to like going from we're starting at the Atlantic Ocean in Nags Head, North Carolina, out on the Outer Banks, mm-hmm. going all the way up to the Prudhoe Bay, which is the Arctic Ocean in Alaska and back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's like 13,100 some miles right now. Um, going through Canada, coming back a long way through Canada, making some stops at some veteran-owned businesses along the way, and all of the proceeds are gonna, you know, benefit Mission Twenty Two. Yeah, you know, so it's it's kind of my way to give back to them and raise money for them, so future veterans can benefit. And then they just don't yeah. sponsor jujitsu people. You know, they have mental health programs for veterans and their families. You know. Tons of other things they'll sponsor veterans for to go to like to go to retreats. They'll, you know, help you with your VA stuff. They'll, you know, yeah. help you in contact with the right people, you know, and they're good people. I mean, you can just call them one day and be like, hey, I'm just having a hard time. You know, can, can you put me in contact with somebody? And bam, they'll somebody will reach out to you in your area. You know, right on. they have ambassadors everywhere. So they're, they're just a good organization. They're a big they're not super big, but they're they're a really good veteran nonprofit. They they're always look at you know that um that percentage of what they give back into their programs. Yeah, and they're they're always above like ninety five percent and up. Okay, so I'm like, good. man, that's that's good because you get some of these other nonprofits. I'm sure they mean <laughs> well, but they're like in the we give back ten percent, you know, and yeah. we pay our people. We have a fifty people staff, and you know, I'm like, well. You're just paying people. You're not giving back. You yeah. do one program a year. Yeah. That, that's not benefiting anybody. It benefits one person a year. So anyway, get off that soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, damn, lost my train of thought again. Well, you were talking about them, but what are you doing for them? So we're doing this ride where yes. we have on our – Facebook page page. It's called mission 22 Atlantic to Arctic. Um, the Instagram page is the same. There's a link in the bio on Instagram and there's a website link on the Facebook page. We have our own donation link. Um, so you can go straight to them, donate any amount you want. Um, it, it goes straight into their programs and you know, they're kind of keeping a tally Okay. You know, see, see how much we can do. And this is going to kind of be, if this kicks off, you know, as, as well as I, I think it's going to, and it's kind of picking up speed now, we're going to do a different ride every year. We already have stuff in the works for next year. Um, but we kind of want to benefit another veteran nonprofit or veteran charity every yeah. year. Okay. Um, how, however we can, you know, Riding for me, riding a motorcycle wherever you want me to ride a motorcycle to, basically, I'll, I'll do yeah. it. Um, and we're also seeking sponsorships. So, okay. the caveat with our sponsorships is whatever's left over, um, we're giving to Mission 22 at the end. 
So, you know, we're seeking sponsorships for some motorcycle gear, um, some some lodging, some tent camping. We're going to do a lot of tent camping to keep lodging costs low. But there, inevitably, there's going to be some bad weather where I'm just not going to feel like camping in a tent. Um, <laughs> That's why you got your alpaca gear. Right? So, um, so we're doing that. Um, there's a website, or not a website, an email associated with the PayPal account. It's um, vets, V-E-T-S, ride for awareness at gmail.com. Okay. That's the email associated with the PayPal. We already have an amazing um, veteran-owned business. Um, I don't know if I can throw his business out on here or not. I don't care. Um, it's um, For Best, LLC. Why can't you shout out him? Huh? Oh, you're talking, you, oh, I think I know what you're, why you were saying. He yeah, yeah. At, he can get mad at me for it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> He'll probably send me a message on Signal or, or whatever and be like, dude, shut the F up. <laughs> but, I mean, he's an amazing guy. He has an amazing veteran-owned business. You know, he jumped on as, as a really good sponsor uh, for the trip. Um, we, we'd like to see some sponsors out there for gas. Um, there's a there's a big motorcycle law firm that I believe is going to jump on to help out with some of that. Um, I'd like to see a sponsor join on, you know, a penny a mile, something okay. like that. Yeah. We have um, uh, a GPS tracker that's going to be live on the motorcycle. So you'll yeah. be able to physically track and see how far we go. So it's not just be like, oh, well, we just went here. Yeah. You know, you're yeah, going to yeah. be able to see it. Um, we have trying to get a sponsorship. We have a production company down in the Outer Banks that's willing to do um, two to three social media videos a week of yeah. videos and pictures that we upload to him. So you'll be able to see, you know, every week, you know, a couple, two, three days a week where we're at, what we're doing. We're going to do some live videos. Um, the awesome people at Four Brothers Mead, we're working with them at having a small mm, event at sweet. their place. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love, I can't wait to get their new uh, mead. Oh, yeah. Next week, probably. Um, so, yeah, I'm coming out to Colorado to meet you. Um, I got to put out the social media post for the ride. Um, I have all the stops planned out. So, I'm going to post yeah. that here probably today well, or tomorrow. Oh, wait, you're, because that was one of the things I keep needing to work on is I was, I was telling you I was going to put that on a, uh, thing are you t just taking okay. a picture of your dry erase or do you want me to no, I'm, gonna, I'm again still trying to figure out the whole social media post i got a yeah. 15 year old daughter who's amazing at it so i'll create one she's like that looks dumb as hell uh <laughs> let me fix it so she makes it all look all nice and cool so i and if you want to do it that's fine because i was just gonna put on a word document and yeah oh. yeah what? there you go well, if she's got something better in mind that'll look better on social media, then by all means. But, yeah, uh, probably. Yeah. You know, we're, okay. we're just old people and we just don't belong on social media. <laughs> I'm not the best at typing. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, we're doing it. Mainly, we're benefiting Mission 22, trying to raise awareness. You know, veterans, like like I said, I'm 100% through the VA, but that doesn't really define me. Yes. You yeah, know, I love that. I love that you said that. I'm like crazy every day, you know. Yeah. My body hurts. You know, I've had yeah. multiple shoulder surgeries, two shoulder surgeries within three months. I got a metal ankle. It hurts to move around. But yeah. I want to show veterans you can hop on a motorcycle and knock out 400 miles, six six hours a day. You know, you can still get out there and do stuff, you know. Yeah, yeah. Try, you know, yeah. 
of course, you know, trying to raise awareness, you know, everybody hits those dark moments. There are organizations out there that can help you, you know, just you, unfortunately, you got to sack up and make that first step, you know, Mm -hmm. reach out, call that number, shoot a message. They respond on social media. Don't feel like talking to somebody. Shoot them a message, man. Shoot them an email. Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. So just we're trying to do that to show veterans, hey, you know, my buddy's got a purple heart. You know, he can still go do this. He can't Mm -hmm. ride a motorcycle but he's still coming along willingly, you know, to support me. And he's got yeah. a, I mean, I think he's up to like 130 students at his gym, teaches classes all week long. Dude, that's sweet. Yeah. He's taking a break to do this, to help raise awareness, you wow. know, and that's the veteran community. I think <clears throat> is better than the active duty community. You know, we've all been through our fair share of stuff. You don't have that support anymore on active duty, but the veterans are even better at it, you know, cause yeah. Yeah. we recognize Nobody's going to be that first person to ask for help, but mm-hmm. you can recognize them like, Hey man, I think this dude needs help. What can we all come together and do just like we do on the, the VRV happy hours. Yeah. At the end yeah. of everybody given their thing, you always say, Hey, what can we do to help you? Mm-hmm. you know, that that's what it's all about. What can I yeah. do to help the next veteran down the road business wise or personal wise? Yep. hundred percent. Yeah, dude. Freaking, I just got to say once again, I love what you said with the, because it drives me up a wall, dude, with the disabled veteran label we get, man. And and so many people will ride that out where they're like, I'm a disabled veteran and blah, blah, blah. Well, so am I. I deserve this. Give give me this. You know, I should be first in line for this or where's my, uh, if you want to get a veteran discount for stuff, that's fine. You know, but like, I I don't ask for it. You know, if I happen to wear... Like you I, said, that one day my thank me for my service hat. <laughs> if you were rock, I mean, if you were in World War II, yeah. rock damn hat. Oh dude. yeah, dude. <clears throat> you know, I saw I saw a guy the other day, and I had never seen it. It's a Vietnam era hat, or it's a Vietnam era veteran. Uh-huh. I was like Vietnam era veteran. Why are you wearing what? So yeah. I, and I asked him. I was like, right on, man. Thanks for you know doing the Vietnam. I was like Vietnam era. He was stationed in Colorado for two years. Uh, yeah. at, at Lowry back in the day, it was it was literally. Yeah, so he probably off. got drafted and never went to never Vietnam. Never did anything, but he's yeah. wearing the hat. Yeah. And how many people are just like, "Oh, thank you for what you did," and da 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 da. I mean, I mean that's a whole different ball game. But um, no, man, we didn't sign up to get out to get thanked for us voluntarily serving. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't want free stuff. You know, I'll pay whatever <clears throat> I need to pay for. No. Didn't the only free stuff I got in the army sucked anyway. <laughs> every time there's a ford commercial they're like military grade i'm like oh right. god dude yeah. that's a whole nother like yeah that's be yeah. like a free-for-all zoom uh yeah. like a vrv social yeah. all these people coming out like even other businesses developing this is a military grade backpack i'm like dude my freaking rucksack yeah. in there sucked yeah right away i'm like other way. everybody humped her you know yeah yeah it's crazy dude it, well and- when, one of the other things, too, is, dude, I get veterans all the time that have had screw-ups, like, their their entire life. They've gotten themselves in debt. They've run uh, in debt. They've yeah. run away from child support. And so um, they've had DUIs, this and that. I understand people have screw-ups and stuff. Yeah. But you're, you're a person. But you putting that veteran that you deserve for people to, you need to start a GoFundMe and people to donate to this because you made screw ups 
And that yeah. you so happen to be a veteran, but you're going to lean on that to get to money from everybody? being an asshole. And yeah. Especially, and it kills because of people with the families, you know? Oh, dude. Like, oh, dude. you made the decision to do this, which led to this. Like, right. the, I mean, I was a private. Everybody was a private or airman, whatever, yeah. when you first yeah. joined the military. You're going to screw up that one time. Right. So right. the very first time I screwed up, my dad told me this. All it takes is one aw shit to screw up all those attaboys. 100%. And I'm yeah. like, that when he told me that that first time I screwed up, I'm like, okay. And then he's like, do your best, do the right thing. Everything else will fall in line. Yeah. And that's kind of how I like always did my military career. Was I the best at everything? No, but I was really good at a lot of things. You yeah. know, yeah. nobody's re yeah. really the best. Every There's always somebody better than you. There's always somebody bigger, stronger, better than right. you. Right. But do your best. Yeah. You know, yeah. as long 100%. as you do your best and you're doing the right thing. <clears throat> Everything mm -hmm. else is holding, man. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is, it's like, what are you, I, what are you doing for others? Is really how I'm, I'm, yeah. like, I love to judge. And it's not like, it's not like I don't want to go to your social media page and see you like doing a selfie with a homeless veteran and then leave out later. No, I, yeah. I, you can talk to people and you can tell, you know yeah. what I mean, when their oh, yeah. heart's in it. So, yeah. um, and that's what, that's what I love about you, man. Like seriously, from the beginning. Like you, you're so supportive of everybody else and you're super humble, dude. And I've, you know, I know you've been through your share of experiences and, and you're amazing, dude. So yeah. I freaking love having people like you on. I love what you're doing. This freaking, I didn't know that that was the name of it. The uh, Atlantic to Arctic, dude, that is, that is phenomenal. Yeah. Bro. And I can't, I can't wait to see you here soon, man. It'll be sweet. Yeah, so I will be um, getting in touch with my CVMA guys and stuff out here. Um, and one other thing for anybody that's listening, TJ doesn't care what colors you're wearing or anything like that. This is all about raising awareness for veteran suicide, Mission 22. So whatever you're wearing, you know, we had talked yeah. about it before. You, you're yeah, more than welcome to. Yeah. Yep. There's so I'm going to be like the month before we leave and like the couple of weeks before we leave, I'm going to push that part out like crazy on the social media and try to get any people to share it. Like you just said, man, I, I don't care what club you belong to, anything like that. Ride safe. Be proud of how you ride. It's $20 a person. You sure. can ride up to like 200, 250 miles due to safety. I don't want people tagging all for like a thousand miles. People yeah. get tired. I know when I'm tired. I know when I need to stop. I don't want to mm -hmm. have any accidents. I don't want to jeopardize other people's safety. Come join us. Ride along with us. You know, catch us at a stop. You know, if we're about to stop, we're going to pull over. If you want us to pull over and chat, flag me down, whatever, you know, I'll stop yeah. and chat with whoever, you know, it, it's all about just raising money and awareness. That's yeah. it. It's yeah. a good cause. Yeah. Well, it's freaking care. sweet, dude. I can't wait to see it happen. Um, so look for this post on, on social media and stuff. I, I want to really start pushing this big time from my and TJ with yeah, all man, this. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. 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 Well, I guess on that note, man, it's great yeah. chat with you. Do you got anything else to shout out at all? No, man. I just tell you, thank you, man. You you got this podcast going on. This VRV thing's blowing up and is amazing. You know, you're Thanks, doing bro. great things for your community and for veterans alone. So Thanks, everybody man. should pat you on the back every <laughs> once in a while. But yeah. you're Thanks, just man. humble, man. It's like we don't seek it out. I, I don't I don't want to hop yeah. on the VRV and get a round of applause every Thursday. 
I'm just there to support everybody else, you know? Oh, it's good. It's like a big giant family, man. I wish he could have came out to uh, St. Louis with us because our regulars, we got like about 20 regulars that are on there and it's seriously like a freaking family. So I love it, man. And that's, that's, um, that's what I wanted with this whole thing. And you know, the bigger we grow and freaking stronger and it's awesome. So, but thank you, man. Thanks for being on with the VRV. Thank you for sharing your story with everything and everybody that's listening. So go check out these alpacas. I'll put all the links in the comments below and look for some posts for this ride. So TJ, thanks brother. And I'll see you on Thursday, right? Yeah, I'll be on. I don't have any, but I'll be on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. You have a good one, brother. All right. Thank you for supporting businesses listed on the VRV. You can find this business and other vetted businesses and nonprofits at veteransreferringveterans.com. The listings on the website have been personalized with product photos and direct contact information. Thank you again for your support.